Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and welcome to 2024. I'm excited about what's going to be coming up on the Deep Dive podcast. It's been a while since I've released an episode, and my intention for 2024 is to return to more, uh, more of a regular routine, but I'm grateful to, for you as, as a listener. And today, I am going to do what I've done the last several years, which is give a review of 2023. And this isn't, hey, listen to all the awesome stuff that Brian did in the last year. Instead, what I try to do in these podcasts is to actually reveal the very practices that I suggest in the course of the podcast, I continue to strive to grow in grace. My goal is to grow for all eternity in love for God and love for neighbor. My mission remains. I want to seek out, study, and embody the deepest truths so that I can share those things with others transformationally, compellingly, and convincingly through teaching, speaking, coaching, and writing. And part of this is my speaking ministry here. And I want to say that 2023 was a profoundly powerful journey uh, for me. I was confronted once again with my workaholism. I'm going to get to that. And I, I think I'm going to testify to a substantial breakthrough that I'm going to continue to live into in 2024. And again, I want to say I'm very grateful to have you as a listener. And before I jump into some of my key lessons, I just want to remind you of uh, a couple of, of, of ways that you can connect. First of all, I am going to mention my favorite books from 2023. And so you can always support the podcast by going to Amazon through the links, even if you don't buy the books, but you buy other stuff on Amazon. I get a small affiliate um, payback if you use the links that I use in my uh, show notes. It doesn't raise the prices for you, and it's just a way that you can support the show by actually buying what you're going to buy anyway. But I will have links to all the books. If you'd like to connect with me directly, invite you to my website, brianrussellphd.com. Again, that's you can see the link, but brianrussellphd.com. I invite you to register on my uh, site because what I'll be doing is I'm going to be blogging more regularly this year, and it's a way that you can stay in touch with some of the things that I'm thinking about. Also, my website is a one-stop shop for connections to all of my social media links the different books that I've written or contributed to, my the podcast episodes, my blog, as well as if you're interested in going even deeper with me through my various coaching programs that I offer uh, for pastors, but also for spiritually minded persons, including business people who have a spiritual side to them, as I'm a senior business coach also with awake coaching and consulting above the straight up spiritual coaching that I do. So, uh, and let me also say as far as Centering Prayer goes, centeringprayerbook.com. If you sign up there, you get invited to my 
free Centering Prayer gathering that I co-host monthly with another author, Rich Lewis. It's always fun. And so if you're interested in updates on Centering Prayer, go to centeringprayerbook.com. Again, all these things are in the notes. Without further ado, let me go through my key learnings from 2023. And the first thing I want to say, and this will be kind of silly, and if you want to watch this on video, it might even be funnier, but you'll pick this up from uh, the, the uh, audio itself, is I began a bodily practice of just expressing pure joy. One of my ongoing learnings, I've been an intellectual most of my life, and those of you who know me, I've spent a great deal of life simply living inside of my own head thinking. I mean, that's been a gift. That's me utilizing the brain that God gave me. But as part of my journey of, of transformation, of sanctification, I've recognized that that gift is also a weakness and that part of my recent years of transformation has been involved connecting my head with my actual body. And one of the ways that I'm doing that now is I'm learning to celebrate with what I call a spontaneous burst of pure happiness. And it and I got this from watching the show alone and on one of the seasons, I don't want to spoil this for you, but the winner actually had a hilarious time every time something went right for this person during the show they literally went like this yeah and so guess what i'm like that's awesome and i call it the i won't say the people's name in case you want to watch that alone episode but i call it the their name blast off and so when something goes right in my life i want to celebrate with one of my kids if or if i just want to literally change my state Maybe I'm not, I'm feeling off. I want energy. I just give myself a spontaneous celebration and give it up to the Lord. Yeah! I got to say, it feels really good. So that's the first learning is that I need to practice and cultivate not just gratitude, but spontaneous bursts of joy. The second thing that I learned in 2023, and this goes back to my teaching and I know many of the people that listen to this podcast have been in classes that I've had, and some of you have enjoyed the other videos I have on my YouTube channel, and, and I'm known as a teacher, and without you know bragging about stuff, I've literally won awards as you know, the best teacher for a, a year at Asbury Seminary, been nominated other years, I've won Mentor of the Year uh, I get generally get pretty good student evaluations, but and 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 there's not a brag in that. So I want you to hear that. So, but here's the thing that you might not know about me: I've been struggling for I'm going to say the last five years. I lost my joy of teaching, and it's been a struggle. And again, some of you may have been in those classes and thought they were great, and and I'm grateful. I always showed up and did my very best, but I lost my joy. And in fact, friends, I've even considered hanging it up and moving along to, to something else because it just isn't fun doing something when it's just tiring. And some of you are in jobs where you know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, in 2023, it was all the way in the end. Um, the last class I taught was the one of the best classes, if not the best class that I've ever taught. And I felt my heart come back on and I connected and I realized that 
the key to deep, meaningful teaching allows me to actually lean in and align my greatest gifts that I have, which isn't just my brain. I have lots of good ideas, but I guess what everybody who ever gets a PhD knows a lot of stuff, okay? Uh, but my real passion is for helping people not just to know a lot of stuff because I get, and I'll just be honest, I get bored teaching the same stuff over and over again. But here's what I don't get bored. And I, I got this insight and it's transformational. And some of you will think, well, of course, but well, guess what? It's always obvious once you get something, right? Because it's the, the deepest truths are usually really simple. But here's what I found out. Here's the, and I hope those of you who teach or who maybe were pastors, here's what it's about. It's not just about teaching truth. What's even more important is creating a learning environment where the deep truths that we want to teach about, that we want people to know, can actually be integrated and embodied by the people that we have the privilege of serving. And I, through lots of work and through God's help, executed on that this fall. And in this one class, it was profound. I had a class. It was one of my biggest classes I had this semester, but it all came together. People's life experiences, the deep truths that I was teaching. I was doing my sweet spot, the biblical narrative materials that I've, you know, that I've covered in my book, Realigning with God, and also the, the book over here, Invitation, that biblical narrative from Genesis to Revelation, that, that and I did it with my missional interpretation that some of you are familiar with, the old stuff, my old, you know, greatest hits package, if you will. But what I did is I packaged that information and cultivated a classroom environment where people were open to bring the best of who they were, their past experiences, their present ministry challenges, bring that to the material and put it in dialogue with it, and also get real at a soul level. So learning the material was actually a means of deepening our sanctification. And when that happened, I actually fell back in love with teaching because I remembered why I got this into this in the first place. It wasn't just to teach people a lot of stuff. It was to cultivate transformation and invite the men and women who I have the privilege of serving into a deeper relationship with God that's well informed with powerful ideas and to, and to be rem reminded of the real depth of the Christian tradition and, and being opening up a space for students, and I'd call it a safe space, to bring their deepest, hardest, soul-level questions. You know, those places where you think, you know, I don't think that's really true. I know that's what we teach, but um, it doesn't feel true to me and work that out in line with the material. So I'm super grateful for that, and I'm very excited about uh, continuing uh, to t my ministry of teaching be in the actual classroom. And I, for those of you who don't know, I teach at Asbury Theological Seminary. I've uh, actually, this is my 24th year in Orlando, and I did previously teach two years in Wilmore. So I've been in this for 26 years. Um, amazing, right? And then I did actually, I've taught at the graduate level at Union Seminary for two years when I was doing my PhD. So I've literally invested 28 years in theological education. 
and it feels really good. I'm going to be 55 this year to recognize, you know what, 2023 showed me that I'm still all in. And those who know me know that if I want to be all in. So when you hear that, friends, like, what are you all in about? Okay. The fourth thing that, uh, the third thing that I want to talk about is my word for 2024. And this gets back to the hard part. Last year, I hit a wall by, the, by this. I had opportunities to do some speaking. Um, I was teaching classes. Uh, my coaching business was going really well. But I hit a, a point in late spring, and this has happened to me multiple years, where I was just exhausted and I couldn't wait for the semester to be over and get to summer. I wasn't finished with my work, but literally my body, I felt like, man, I'm done. And even in a deep, I do occasional, I do regular weekends where I'll do multiple hours of silent contemplation and solitude practices so I can clear out. And in one of these, I was given dramatically a different word for 2023. I started with deeper and I ended up with the word done. And what I started to do is I started cutting out non-essentials. I, st I stopped some of my regular meetings with persons, even persons that I liked in some cases, because I just recognized I'm done. I thought, what's the minimum I can do? Because I, I have to get down to the baseline. I can't be a workaholic anymore. I'm not capable of juggling all the things that I've, that I've been able to juggle for all these years. I'm done. And friends, that opened up some real space for some even deeper work. And part of being done for me was continuing soul work with coaches, also with a gifted therapist, dialogue with really good friends, meeting face-to-face -face with some people that I really needed to be in my life, uh, soul-level conversations, deep reading, all the stuff that I advocate, I was, I was, I was all in on because I had more space and when I got to December 2023, I, I realized what done really meant for me. And so I'm taking this word for 2024, and I hope you'll consider finding uh, something that, that, that uh, a word for next year. I think it's important to have a theme. So what's your theme, your spiritual theme going to be for this year? Well, mine's done, and I've turned it into an acronym. So here is my word, and here's what I mean by done. Here's what I'm done with at I'm late, late, I'll be 55 just in a few more months. So as I transition to 55, here's what I'm done with. It's taken me this whole time to figure this out. I'm done with dumb or detrimental habits that simply waste my time or just prevent my growth. And I'm done with toxic people who are all they bring is negative energy into my life. Done. And if that sounds harsh, um, again, this is you can feel free to reach out. I'd love to be corrected and also love to have a deeper conversation. But that's the D, so I'm done with that. The O, I'm done with obligations. And these are external obligations. Other people shoulds that get dumped on me. I'm done with external obligations that don't fully align with my values, my sense of calling, and my purpose done. I'm done nurturing other people 
unless I'm nurturing my own soul. So in other words, I'm done nurturing other people to neglect of my own soul. I think that's ultimately the source of some of my workaholism. Um, I'm a giver and I always will be, and I'm an abundance person, but that's now going to be a non-negotiable. I'm done nurturing other people if, if I'm in a, a moment, if I'm depleted at the time. Okay. You know, there are exceptions, of course, there's emergencies, but you get the idea. And then the biggest one for me is this, and I've, I'm done with external validation. One of the things that's happened in 2023 is I've had, I think, what I would call several deeper spiritual experiences of what really approached a real ego death. Again, deep surrender is essentially the pathway to deeper encounters with God. And I'm not claiming some special spiritual victory here. Um, those of you who know me, um, I believe a theologian stands between superstition and pure scientism. So I'm not trying to, to play some mystical thing here, but um, I had a couple of really deep experiences where I realized my ego was in the way in that literally just let in the love that God has for me. And, I, and I'm sensing that more and more that's going to deliver me from the need for external validation. Now, does that mean I don't want anybody to listen to this podcast or, <laughs> or read my books or even once in a while say, hey, I really appreciate that? Of course not, right? We're not talking about that, but I think I'm done with the need for that as a basis for me just giving my gifts to the world. So to me, that that's a, an incredible lesson um, that I learned. Um, fourth thing is, is health. You know, I'm getting older. I've noticed my energy going down. Part of the done stuff was because I was so tired. But I also decided, you know what, I got to make sure I'm healthy. And so I've always been good about going to the doctor and doing the tests I did. But one of the things that I've let slide for a long time is sleep. I mean, I've used um, different sleep aids over the years. I just really struggle and always been tired, uh, you know, and, and um, I thought, you know what, I need to do a sleep study. So I told my doctor I need a sleep study. And guess what? I found out, and I probably had it for years, is I have sleep apnea. And so I got that CPAP machine just uh, in, in um, early December. And again, I'm not here to say that literally I have unlimited energy, but I can just say having used the machine for uh, almost four weeks, it's um, been a game changer. So, friends, if, if you have any health problems, own them, right? All progress starts with telling yourself the truth and getting the help you need. And the other thing I did for my energy even before I did the sleep study is I just realized, you know what? I'm not going to get any younger, and so I'm going to demand more of my body. And so back in June, uh, I wear a, a Fitbit, um, and it's a, a step counter, and there's this little kind of game you can play with it that you know you're supposed to take 250 steps every hour and I had it set from basically I think nine to five um, and my wife goes why don't you just change the time on it so you can get recorded at times when you can actually move around more and and what I did accidentally and this was a game changer is I didn't just move the eight hours I actually expanded it from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. So now I'm tracking 14 hours of activity. I get up really early for those of you who don't know. So I'm up, I'm up at uh, basically 5:45 every single day. And so I'm tracking how much I'm moving essentially from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And so I just started doing this. Like I say, I'm going to go take a 250. And so hours when I can get up from this chair, um, I'm walking. 
and I literally went from averaging about 7,000 steps a day the first half of 2023 to averaging closer to 13,000 steps for the entire second half of 2023. So I came out for the whole year at averaging 10,000 steps. But you can see a dramatic difference between the two halves. And guess what? Um, I feel better between the taking care of my sleep and getting more steps, asking more of my body. I got more energy. So friends, wherever you are on the health path, own your health. That's a big lesson that was re, um, was re, I was reminded of in 2023. Uh, let me talk a little bit about another lesson. Those of you who follow me on social media know that I often um, post a picture of like a, tra a trail that I walk on. And I always talk about today is the first day of the rest of your life. Trust, surrender, and walk the path. And in deep contemplation, this is another insight that I got. This is back in 2021. I got this real clear message, walk the path. Walk the path. Get up and walk the path. And I've been wondering, like, what is the path? You know, again, I'm a Christian. I know that I'm to follow Jesus, so don't, uh, don't worry too much about that. But we all want to know, what's the path? Well, friends, I, I discovered an insight into what the path is, and I'm going to give some book recommendations, but I want to give a shout out to two books that really helped me. And looking back, um, back in November, I listened to N.T. Wright. He was being interviewed by uh, Preston Sprinkle on the Theology in the Raw podcast. And uh, N.T. Wright has a, a, a great book. This is my New Testament book of the year for 2023. Into the Heart of Romans, and again, I love the language, a deep dive into Paul's greatest letter. Um, and this is a great book, highly recommended. It's a wonderful deep dive into the book of Romans, which is, again, the heart of Paul in some levels. You also hear some surprising things that N.T. Wright says about Ephesians. But this is a great book, by the way, accessible to lay people. It's not written in a highfalutin language. Wright has that gift. He can help everybody. And this is a great book. Highly recommend this. Again, it'll be in the notes. But what really struck me is N.T. Wright is, is getting up there in age. He's in his, um, I believe he's in his 70s, uh, maybe even his mid-70s. Uh, but when he was talking to Preston Sprinkle, he was talking about a new interpretation that he worked out by restudying Romans. You know, and, and, and to me, here I said, I've been struggling teaching, and I'm only 55. And I'm like, N.T. Wright has been writing substantive books. I think he's written 80-plus books in his career. And I thought, did you just say, dude, in your 70s, that you found something that you didn't already know about Paul's letter to the Romans? And that's what he said, and he was excited about it. And I thought, you know what? That's what the path is, right? The path is, is not some singular night tight uh, narrow space where Jesus if you just get a little out of whack you're gone the path that Jesus is inviting us as we follow him is the path of mastery that deep dive into not settling on where you've already been no matter how good it was and also no matter how bad it was that it's an, every day is a new day, every year is a new year, and that we're called to go even deeper. 
So I want to thank N.T. Wright for modeling what it looks like to be a biblical scholar who's in it all the way to the end. Because, friends, there is no real actual, there's no prize, there's actually no finish line to the game that we're in. We have a, it's a, it's a, it's a finish line less mission that God's called us to. And again, yeah, we're all going to die someday, but life doesn't end there. It's all eternity. So what beyond the path of mastery where you're committed and excited, regardless of what your, your thing is that you're going to continue to grow in your abilities and become, take that master's path. Which leads me to the second book, and I'm going to transition a little bit here. And the book, the best book that I read in 2023 also helped me with the walk, the path. And it's a book actually called Mastery. It's an older book. This book comes from 1991. I'd never heard of it. It was recommended to me, me by a coach that I started working with in December. I like this book so much. I got the recommendation, I think, the last week of December. I ordered it and read it three times in one week and listened to the audiobook twice. So I've been through this book five times. I'm recording this on January 9th. Basically, in the last two weeks, I've been through this book five times. And it is outstanding. Now, he uses um, the, an illustration of getting great at Aikido and a lot of other references. Again, it's written in 1991, you know, so he uses a lot of sports references that I remember from the 80s and some other things. But notice the subtitle, The Keys to Success in Long-Term Fulfillment. So again, what's it mean to walk the path? It's to pursue mastery. And to pursue mastery, I'll probably make a whole other video about this, is when we... when growth doesn't ever look like this. It's never just a straight diagonal line that keeps going up. There's always going to be dips and there's plateaus. Most of us stop when we hit various plateaus. That can happen at the beginning of learning something. It's something's too hard, so we just quit. Or we just learn a little bit and then we're okay at something, but we never get better because we're not willing to keep practicing. You know, if you've been in something long game, like I've been studying scripture for since I was 15, literally. So I'm in, geez, what is even that? I don't even do the math. Almost 40 years. I've been a professor for all these years. It's easier to think that I've kind of learned all this stuff. But when I read this book, I realized, you know what, I'm a, I've been on a plateau. So what I need to do is get back to intentional practice of getting even better and not simply living and reworking things that I've done in the past. So this is no confession, but it's actually an aspiration. Now I know what it means. So today literally is the first day of the rest of your life too. So what do we do? Trust, surrender, walk the path, pursue mastery at your craft, pursue mastery at becoming the person that God created you to be. Well, I already started giving my book selections for 2023, so let me fill those out. Um, started I, again, N.T. Wright, um, the book Mastery by George Leonard. Let me give a, the couple other biblical books that I want to mention. I don't have uh, two of the books I'm going to mention. I don't have the hard co co uh, copies. There, I have them on Kindle, so I can't show you the book. The best um, Old Testament book for 2023 in my view, and I highly recommend this, is a book by Matthew Lynch called Flood and Fury, Old Testament Violence and the Shalom of God. 
This is literally the best book that I've read on the problem of violence in the Old Testament. There's multiple good books. Christopher Wright has a great book called The God I Don't Understand. Eric Siebert, who I've had on my podcast, has some uh, good books. But this one is excellent. He, he does he does a great exegetical study, and obviously he's covering primarily the flood narrative and then the um, the conquest of the land and the ideas about killing Canaanites, these moral dilemmas that show up in the Old Testament. And, he, and Matthew Lynch does a great job, brings a lot of resources together. And you can go back and listen to the podcast that I had with him earlier in 2023. This is the best Old Testament book, actually, that I've read in a long time. And I put N.T. Wright's book up there as a great book. My other uh, book that I'm going to throw in there for biblical studies that I read. It's another Old Testament book, but I think it works also for the New Testament. It's by John Walton. Many of you know John Walton for his Lost World series, but he came up with a, wrote a really nice book. It came out in 2023 called Wisdom for Faithful Reading, Principles and Practices for Old Testament Interpretation. And I really like John Walton, too. I got the chance to interview him last year. And here's a guy, he's a little bit older than I am as well, but he, he you can just see the curiosity he has. And in that book, um, again, it's called Wisdom for Faithful Reading. He lays out the principles that he's learned about reading Scripture well. And those of you, whether you're a pastor or if you do any kind of interpretation for teaching a Sunday school class, a great book that will help you to think through your process of reading God's Word. Great books. Okay, those are the Bible books. Uh, I want to point to my recommendation as an, uh, other than biblical studies. This is, to me, one of the finest Christian books that I've read for a long time. J.R. Woodward, he's been a friend of mine. He's a, a church planner, a missional catalyst, and he has written a deep-dive book on the scandal of leadership unmasking the powers of domination in the church. Again, we continue to get news of leadership problems in institutions. We see moral failings. We see people that abuse people, even good people that we know that end up at some point just not being a good leader. We've all been around this. This is a deep dive, not just, this isn't just a book that glorifies scandals. It doesn't at all. It looks at what leadership is what the temptations are that can lead us astray. So this book is chock full of, I would call, deep spiritual formation insights into the life of a, of a Christian leader. It's rooted deeply in Scripture. He does a spends a huge amount of time with substantive, not just easy reflection, substantive reflection on biblical passages. A lot of this is shaped on being on servant leadership. So he does a deep dive into the book of Philippians, especially the Christ, him in chapter two. He deals with the powers like demonic forces and how to think about that as a 21st century person. And some of these things will be surprising. He gets into theology, spiritual formation, leadership training. Again, can't say enough about JR's book. This is a great book. I would recommend every pastor who's listening to this, every person who has a leadership position, consider taking a deep dive with JR book. And then along the same vein, I want to recommend two secular uh, books about secular leadership that I think are really good. Those of you who like to think about trends and what's going on in the world, this was a really fun read. This is a little bit older. This is 2017. It's called The Four, The Hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. 
you're interested in thinking about what the future might look like, and we're looking at all this AI stuff now in 2024, this is, again, um, this, this is a book seven years ago. This is a really fascinating book about business practices, business models, and what it takes to thrive and flourish in the 21st century work world. This is good stuff. Some of it you'll be a little scared of when you find out how Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google actually work. So you may want to read this just for defensive purposes. But also, if you're a younger person, um, and by younger, I would say anybody my age and down, not that I'm saying I'm young anymore, but uh, if you're retired, my, this is more of an interesting book. But if you're still in the working world, highly recommend this because Galloway gives some strategies for thriving and flourishing in the work world today. And I think a lot of this is applicable to the church. And then the last book that I want to recommend, and you can also watch this series on, uh, on Netflix. I originally saw a series on the rise and fall of Uber called Super Pumped on, um, on, uh, on, on Netflix. Um, but Super Pumped, it was written, the, the author's last name is Isaac. It's the story of Uber. And uh, again, put JR's book, The Scandal of Leadership, together. Um, think about that book, Mastery. Think about the call to holiness and then read Super Pumped. Um, and again, Uber had significant leadership challenges and structural issues within it, including, you know, stretching rules. There was it got caught up in the Me Too movement um, for good reason, uh, abuse, all kinds of things. But they had this great, compelling mission that what they were on. And I would just read Super Pumped, read it as, as a Christian about what just pure blind ambition can do to a person because you know we're called to a mission that we ought to be super pumped about too but there's dangers uh, and so those are my book recommendations um, and the last thing i would just want to say is um, uh, again thank you for the chance to to serve you um, very excited about the future I will mention just as a final book, uh, I had the privilege of sending out Astonished by the Word, Reading Scripture for Deep Transformation in uh, 2023. It's available through Invite Resources. It's uh, a book that um, is about reading Scripture, but it's really about what kind of person the Scripture wants us to be. It's a book about sanctification, and it's about the mindsets that we want to bring to the wor Word so that the word isn't just information, it's real transformation. And uh, it was fun to send that book out into the world. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to pick up a copy of that, I'd invite you to take a look at it. And if you buy any of my books, um, again, highly recommend. Um, don't buy the Song of the Sea, that's my PhD dissertation, but anything on the top shelf behind me, Invitation, Astonished by the Word, Centering Prayer, those are accessible to any person. Realigning with God is more written for pastors, but if you in a church setting or if you have a small group in your home and you have at least 10 people that have a copy of the book and are reading it together, 
send me an email. And as long as it fits into my schedule, which I haven't had to tell anybody no yet, um, I'd be happy just to drop in to answer questions as a way just to give back and to say thank you for people that are uh, using my materials. Again, if I can be of any service, reach out, check out the show notes for links to the books that I mentioned. And thank you once again for the privilege of serving you through this podcast. And until next time, live by faith, be known by love, and be a voice of hope to others.